1: for that i'm gonna start it off today so fuck you, you. ain't starting off fucking nothing I, son yes i am Ugh. starting off everything i'll start it all off
0: what's going on hey, everybody let's go <laughs> Cut what's, what,
1: going what's going on, on everybody? <laughs> <laughs> what more what's going on everybody how we doing what's going on everybody hey, hey how you doing <laughs> wow that was an argument <laughs> Uh, no, it wasn't arguing. argument, it was just discussion discussion Sure, who was sure,
0: yeah, we'll let them believe that <laughs> we'll, We won't tell people that we're just throwing shit at each other across the table We really weren't Maybe, we could have been Shut up Anyway, so episode 96 here, take that We are here We are going to do something that uh, we haven't done in a while We're going to do a true crime But What?
1: <laughs> we haven't done it in a while We haven't
0: done a true crime in a while
1: it's been a couple days.
0: It's been like six weeks. <laughs> all right, um, all right. Oh, well, yeah, because... Our last true crime was that fucking disgusting... Yeah, well, uh, that's been a long... French yeah, pig. Cause, cause yeah, we've,
1: we've covered some yeah. other things.
0: Uh, anyway, today's episode, we are drinking Sam Adams Summer Ale, and it's fucking magic.
1: Hey, that's that's
0: one. Yeah, and then we got some... Uh, we got our Sea dog Blue Paw because that shit's
1: ridiculous.
0: Um, But anyway...
1: <sighs> today's episode is <laughs> sponsored by the letter U. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And D. Today's episode is sponsored by the letter FBI, because that's what we're talking about. Uh, episode 96, we are going to be talking about the 1986 FBI Miami shootout. But before we get too far but into yeah, that.
1: Yeah, let's not, let's not jump the gun, because, you know, um, Studio, go over check them out. com. Check out all the he- earbuds, headphones, speaker. speaker. You'll find what you want. Put it in your basket. Go check out. Put the discount code of Dark Windows 15 in to get 15% off your entire purchase. Yeah. Because why the hell not?
0: Oh, also, we are recording on Mother's Day. So, happy belated Mother's Day to all the moms that listen to this.
1: Yes. Happy so, Mommy's Day. So pretty our, soon it will uh, be Happy Dad's Day. Pretty soon, yeah. Neither one of us are dads. Nope. Dog dads, but not, not dad That dads. doesn't count. I know. You don't get a tax break for dog. That's true. Fuck.
0: Uh, this episode is going to format wise is going to work a lot like when we did North Hollywood, where our first episode is going to be the background on these dickheads and then one of their early crimes. And then next week we're going to get into the meat and taters, so to speak. For, oh, the taters of the meat. Yeah, Next week's going to be fucking intense. Let's put it that way. So let's start it off. Um, Anyway, this week and next week we're going to be talking about the FBI Miami shootout in, of 1986. A lot of coke and
1: everything's going to be
0: surprisingly not with yeah, these guys. Whatever. Um, but this is this event to this day is still the deadliest single day in FBI history, and that of the, for the events of uh, April 11th of 1986.
1: Uh huh. That's because the
0: FBI wasn't involved in Waco. That was the ATF. More like the gay TF. All right, all right. <laughs>
1: Fuck those guys. So the eight, so the FBI yeah. down in Miami sm- sniffing all the the. Coke oh, I'm sure the
0: FBI was smelling some cocaine down there.
1: Sniffing the coke, driving. The I don't
0: boys. do cocaine. I just like the smell of it.
1: I just drink <laughs> coke. Okay, you know, don't worry about it. But then they were driving their cigarette boats that they stole from the the drug dealer. I'm sure, dude. <laughs> You can't let all the... You can't have... Okay, listen. It can't be just
0: Cubans cruising around in cool-ass boats. we got to have some federal agents doing it. Oh, the, dude. We should... They, oh, They got man. The,
1: the theme song of Miami Vice playing because... Fuck that. Of, no. Well, they would be... now because no, Miami Vice was on at that time. I'm going
0: to I'm gonna play Razor, Razor Ramon's theme song into this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, uh, like we did with uh, North Hollywood, we're going to start off talking about our bad guys this week. Um, so... Let's hear about those bad yeah. bad men. I, I wanted to no I want, women. No, right? no, 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 women. Just men, just dickheads. Well, there are women, and their story is tragic, but whatever. Aww. It is what it is. Um, I want to start off by saying that I had a, <laughs> I had kind of a hard time finding any kind of background on these shitheads. Most of it came from a seventy-six page FOIA document that I found.
1: Uh, anybody that's not familiar with it FOIA stands for Freedom of Information Act. And he's looking at me like, you know, I know the fucking answer. I'm going, going "No, I don't." You don't know what FOIA means? No. Oh, how many pages it was? Cuz you looked
0: at me like, I'm like, 70- I was thinking like 76, 78, I can't remember it's somewhere to in there. I'm like on my brain. I'm like, I don't know. But um this is a document directly from the FBI. So mm-hmm. It's going to be it it's I can tell you right now. It's a real fucking dry read. And it's also like, hey, the FBI wrote this, so... A lot of of, uh, blacked out parts? Oh, Jesus, man. I have one page that's like five paragraphs, and of that, there's like three lines visible on it. Nice. It's like, yeah, sweet. Thanks, guys. I'm not even looking for fucking UFOs. I'm trying to find out about these cocksuckers, and you guys can't tell me anything.
1: Well, see, listen. What you don't know is those cocksuckers were working for... The people, you know, that fly around the ships. They're the Coke dealers. They're the real Coke dealers.
0: These guys weren't Coke dealers, though. All right. Fine. Whatever. So, anyway, we'll get into it. We're going to start with – we're going to start off with uh, William Russell Maddox, M-A-T-I-X. So it's not – no relation to Greg, who is, by the way, one of the best pitchers of all
1: fucking time. See, he would just be – he would have been an asshole relative (laughs) of Greg Maddox. Do you
0: you know Greg Maddox, like, opened a business after he got done playing baseball, painting houses? People hated it because it was all just corners.
1: Uh, Somebody will get that. Uh, smart ass. Anyway. So, <laughs> William
0: Russell Maddox was born June 25th, 1951 in Lewisburg, Ohio. Growing up, he had a he had a speech impediment. Um, he had a pretty severe stutter. And he never really, never really had the ability or interest in getting it cleared up until he later in life when he was in the military. So a lot of the kids that he went to school with picked on him. (laughs) And this is kind of mean. They would refer to him as what, what Willie? Oh, Paul. Yeah. Paul, what, what Willie? What's a wah wah. Yeah. Uh, So even with all this harassment and just general dick headedness, he was described as being a a generally polite, courteous and well-mannered young man. He was a regular at the local FFA meetings, and that's Future Farmers of America for anybody
1: that doesn't know. That's a big Midwest thing.
0: Yeah, Midwest, Northeast, we get a lot of FFA stuff going on up here, too. But it's much, much bigger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you get out into, like, the fucking flatlands in the middle. It's much, much
1: bigger out that way.
0: Yeah. So after he graduated from New Madison High School in New Madison, Ohio, he joined the Marine Corps and served three years of which he had no disciplinary actions taken against him. So he was a model soldier. He went there, kept his nose clean, did his job. He was good at
1: what he did. So he would have been seventies, 70s, six seventies ish.
0: Yeah, mid to late seventies, somewhere in there. because it would have been what? Uh... He he missed Vietnam.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, if if he had, it would have been like tail end of Vietnam. Yeah,
0: no, he he didn't even uh, he didn't go to Vietnam.
1: No, okay. So kind of like my dad missed missed uh, missed Vietnam. He would have. He could have gone, but you know that would have been voluntary or whatever. <laughs> I don't know if he missed it, but he didn't go. <laughs> yes, I mean,
0: even though knowing your dad, he'd have been like, "Oh no, I'll go.
1: Fuck these assholes." <laughs> I mean, he did have a guy that he was friends with did volunteer to go.
0: My driver's ed teacher volunteered for four tours of duty in Vietnam, and I believe he was your driver's ed teacher too, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Yep. Did you have Silvestro. Yep. Crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> Yeah. Super nice
1: guy. God rest his soul. Yep.
0: So during his time in the Corps, he rose to the rank of E5, as I didn't know this was a military thing. But he uh, rose to the rank of an E5, which would be a staff sergeant, I believe. As I a, don't know the... As a bakery
1: foreman. I don't know what the uh, the... Marine, It's it's definitely
0: is. a sergeant in that general area. I'm not sure if it's a staff sergeant or not. I can't remember. I, I thought yeah. I had it
1: written down, but I didn't. The Marine Marines, I mean, I, I know what E5 is in the Army, which is a sergeant. Right. But I don't know what E5 is in the Marines. Well, why are we sitting here
0: and not fucking figuring it out? Give me two seconds. Mm-hmm. We, we did figure it out. An E5 in the Marine Corps is the same as in the Army where you'd be a sergeant. Yep. During an evaluation from a commanding officer... Uh, it was said, quote, if it was in my power, then I would like to promote this man immediately. I would be surprised and sorely disappointed if this SM did not become a command sergeant major. I would welcome an opportunity to serve with this soldier anytime. So that's that's very, very high praise from a superior officer.
1: Yeah, it is. It's uh, That's um, I being, sergeant major is pretty good. That's uh, that's well-respected in the – in I, I know that in Army standards, uh, command sergeant major is like you basically walk on fucking water. <laughs> you know, nobody fucks you, not even – you know how high it goes up? A colonel, okay, a colonel will come to you for advice because you're basically the old man Of the, of it (laughs) because you've been you've been you've been around that long, right? As my dad says, majors won't fuck with you. (laughs) Captains won't say a word to you. Neither would anything that's you know colonel and above. No, but I mean I know e fives are e uh. Command Sergeant Major is pretty well. So, yeah, I mean, but he, get, he wasn't a that, Command Sergeant Major. He no, said, I'm saying if he got to that, that oh, okay. would be a well, well respected. But yeah, um, but you said that they didn't, you didn't uh, know that they had uh, heads of cooking thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, I didn't know that a bakery foreman was like a title. Yeah. I didn't know they had cooks and shit. I didn't know you had like, Yeah. Spe- I didn't know it got that specific.
1: Well, yeah, because he was probably on a uh, on a base, which they probably had a bakery or something. Yeah, I guess so. So, You know, you had you structure military structure. You have to have something like that. You can't have the the, the grunts. You know, yeah, not just running around willy nilly. Well, you had to have somebody in charge. And being almost in for five years, you know, he's the old, one of the old men. I want to be the popcorn machine foreman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think they have those. So
0: anyway, after he was discharged honorably. From the Marine Corps, he returned to New Madison and got a job at the Hobart Manufacturing Company in Troy, Ohio. Like many other guys who got out of the military, Maddox missed. Uh, he missed Hobart the, welding. I don't know. It just it, the only thing I could find it was oh, uh, Hobart well, Manufacturing.
1: Or well, it could be Hobart for because there's the Hobart uh...
0: up in Burlington. There they make like the industrial ovens and stuff. Yeah. It might be. I don't know. It mm-hmm. might be another another branch of it.
1: Sorry. I did, I anyway. Just...
0: Um, but like a lot of the guy, a lot of guys who get out of the military, Maddox missed being with his guys. He missed the structure of everything. So just a hair over 13 months after he was discharged from the Marine Corps, he enlists in the Army, goes through basic again, and attends airborne training school, and would eventually join a military police detachment.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And again, as an MP, he was a model soldier. He became a platoon leader, patrol supervisor. He was actually the head of the military police at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, when he was in there. And when he was in the mili- uh, MP unit, this is where he would first meet Dickhead Number Two, Michael Lee Platt.
1: Aha! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Dickhead Number One meets Dickhead Number Two. Yeah.
0: and honestly, from what I've read, Dickhead Number Two is worse. Than seems like the ringleader of all of it. Aha! Uh-huh. Yeah, but we'll get there next week. So Maddox would meet his first wife, Patricia, while he was undergoing speech therapy at Walter Reed Army Hospital in 1975. Um, I, I believe she was a nurse because she, she was a nurse when they, when, after they were married. So I believe she was a nurse there, and they hit it off really well. Um, they actually would end up getting married the next year in 1976 after he was discharged from the Army and the hospital. So after they were married, the Maddoxes would move around a whole bunch. Uh, <laughs> they needed a lot of moving. So they went from Fort Campbell, Kentucky, to Tacoma Park, Maryland, Poughkeepsie, New York, Hyde Park, New York, Toledo, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, and then to Delaware, Ohio. They moved a lot. He was an Ohio guy, so he wanted to go back home. Makes sense. Uh-huh. you know. And you go to those three towns, you're chasing jobs, obviously. And Mr. Maddox actually had kind of a hard time holding down jobs. It wasn't because he was bad at it. He just got bored with stuff very quickly. So over the course of time where they were doing all this moving, he had a bunch of different jobs, including attending culinary school, meat cutting school, aviation mechanics training. Um, And actually the aviation mechanics training seemed to stick the best because he would actually kind of go back into – the National Guard, as yep. um, as an aviation mechanic. Ah. So he wasn't full-time. He was, you know, two weekends a month, two weeks a year, whatever, yep. working on planes and shit, one helicopters. Weekend, yeah,
1: one weekend a month, two weeks a year, you know, type of thing. So, yeah, yeah. okay. So he was in the Air National Guard. No,
0: just regular National Guard. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if they actually had the Air National Guard at that point.
1: I don't know. Um, That's what it would be now. Right
0: but he, he went back in because again he missed that structure of the military.
1: That's what most people do. Exactly. They, you know, they don't want to they don't want to be a full-time but they want to you know, still have that other part. Yeah.
0: So so the couple was was happy enough. I mean, they they had their squabbling like any married couple does. I mean, and the fact that that William didn't stay at a job for all that long didn't seem to be a huge deal. She was used to it at this point. Where, hey, I'm doing this. I like what I'm doing. And then three weeks later, I'm bored. I want to try something different. I get that. I'm that guy. I've had more fucking jobs than I can count because I get bored with them. But
1: not a good thing.
0: <laughs> but December thirtieth, nineteen eighty-three, tragedy would strike when Patty Maddox and another female nurse were stabbed and killed while on duty at Riverside Methodist Hospital Research Foundation. Uh, yeah. Shitty. Patty had given birth to the couple's only child, Melissa, two months earlier. Ah. Oh. So, yeah. Her co-worker, Joyce McFadden, said that she was going to the library to do some research. By the way, this is a, um, this is a, a cancer research foundation that was attached to the hospital. So they had like a like an attached library with the hospital. I'm guessing it was kind of like a, like on a university or something like that where you'd be able to go to a library and do some research for stuff but still be on campus, basically.
1: Well, I mean, if it's a big enough hospital, they might have one because if it's a research center, they would probably possibly have a Right. No, have, fair enough. Have one on. I mean, I don't really know too many. I don't really know. We don't have that many big fucking hospitals here. We got one. I mean, the biggest hospital in New England is – boston yeah
0: i mean in the state of vermont we've got a uh, uvm which is a big hospital but yeah, it's not that big for, for the state it's big yeah um nice. so she so um joyce left it around four. Uh, oh sorry so joyce said she's going to the library to do some research and about at about four thirty, joyce was paged uh on the overhead intercom system to return to the cancer lab Less than 30 minutes later, Joyce McFadden and Patty Maddox would both be found bound, gagged, and stabbed to death in the lab. Um, There was nothing missing other than Patty's wedding ring. The case remains unsolved to this day. Bill Maddox was, of course, a suspect in the murder. Well, yeah. Because your wife dies and (laughs) your...
1: Wedding ring missing.
0: Significant other dies. Significant other number two automatically a suspect doesn't matter the
1: situation you are automatically a suspect yeah until you can prove that right you're you weren't there
0: so i mean they they had no they had no evidence and shortly into the investigation they let him they let him off just like sorry about this sorry your wife's dead but we basically had to do this this way because yeah
1: procedure yeah
0: it's sop this is how we do shit so this of course kind of fuck stuff up for bill um of course. After almost four years of being married and having a child, his family is completely destroyed by a senseless random crime. Yeah. And, I mean, the only person that, in the long run, the only person I've, I actually feel really bad for would be their daughter because she never got a chance to know her mother. And all these years later, you know, this girl would have been 13. Uh, two years, three years older than me, and she never knew a mom.
1: Yeah,
0: really didn't get to know her dad that well either. But
1: no, I mean that's, that's that's shitty.
0: Yeah. So not only that, the same day that his wife was murdered, his father has a near fatal stroke.
1: Oh Jesus Christ!
0: <laughs> yeah, talk about just like you know playing yeah. fucking cards of fate and just like pulling them up and being like. Oh, I got like a fucking two and a three. I got the shittiest hand dealt right here.
1: It's yeah. I, I mean, mean his
0: his father would eventually pass away in April of 1984 um, because oh yeah, he also had cancer at the time. So his dad like yeah, you know
1: he was going through some shit. Yeah,
0: he had some shit going on and it didn't end well. In the four month period between his wife's, uh. Between when his wife died and when his father died, Maddox would travel between Columbus and Cincinnati three to four times a week to help out with his dad during. uh, And during this time, he became a uh, quote unquote born again Christian and became very involved with his church and started uh, giving public testimony about how his religious views had helped kind of like helped him cope with the death uh, death of his wife and yep. all the crap that went along with that. Yeah. After Patty passed away, her life insurance paid out $180,000 to him, which this kind of this made him really bitter because in the long run, her life insurance should have paid out somewhere in the neighborhood of $400,000. And they only paid him out 180 of it. Because wow. I'm guessing there was clerical issues somewhere or what the fuck, but yeah, he only ended up, ended up getting 180 of the 400
1: thousand dollars. Yeah, because I mean, that you know, probably you know, kind of fucks because he's you know only only you know a single parent. Yep. You know, has to deal with all these bills. Mm-hmm. Has to probably house if they own a house. You know, a lot of things to try to. Then he's also paying his
0: father's medical bills.
1: Yeah. Which so, racks up.
0: Yeah. Especially with cancer treatments. That shit is not cheap. No. So after after his wife had passed and his father had passed, um, his old army buddy, Michael Lee Platt, reaches out to him and says, hey, I heard about you know everything you're going through. Yeah. If you need anything, why don't you move down to Miami? I can help you out. So before we go too much further, we're going to take our break here. We're gonna come back and talk about Michael Lee Platt. Okay. So let's get into it with this Michael Lee Platt fella. Okay. Platt was born February third, nineteen fifty. Ooh. Platt was born February third, nineteen fifty-four, in San Diego, California. Much like Maddox, he had a pretty uneventful childhood. Um, his his involved more uh, you know more moving around. Mm-hmm. He was the son of a career Navy man, so his father uh, his father was a, a petty officer corpsman. Okay. So I would have made him a medic, I believe, yep. in the Navy, yep, or the Marine Corps, because
1: same difference. Same
0: difference. Corman's a Corman, yep. And they don't have medics; they have Corman. So the family lived in San Diego until 1965, when his father was transferred to Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, <gasps> which I bet was fucking cool, asshole. Especially if you're a giant history nerd. <sighs> Ben's um, been. My brother's been there. Nice. So when he was in Pearl Harbor, he was actually assigned to a hospital ship. Oh. So pretty cool stuff. So I mean, his dad? His father, yes. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure. W- would that have been uh, like a hospital ship treating people from Vietnam?
1: Uh, what year? 65. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So they moved back to California uh, when his father was reassigned to uh, the Naval Air Station in Alameda. And then they would move again about a year later to Yuma, Arizona where they would remain for the rest of his father's uh, military career.
1: Hmm.
0: Platt graduated from KOFA High School in 1972, which is in Yuma. Um, He was a three-sport athlete uh, all through high school playing baseball, football, and basketball. So pretty athletic kid. Obviously had a pretty decent head on his shoulders because you don't get to play three sports and be a dummy because if your grades suck, you don't play. (laughs) At least that's how it worked when I was in high school
1: and back then it was probably the same thing i would imagine so
0: from right there kind of makes me think this dude's going to be the ringleader because he has the has the potential to have the team leader mentality of you know like I, being like a captain in sports it gives you a different mentality from other yeah, people occasionally
1: but uh, the other guy though he he has the leader mentality because he was you know the the, the the had pastry and you know and then he was also right in the uh, the um it was an MP which you know kind of discipline stuff like that you know so i mean I don't know yeah. i it's it's just my it's my that i could see where you're coming from but you know that's my general take on it so far.
0: So directly after graduation, he decided to follow in his father's footsteps and join the military, opting for the Army over the Navy, which I'm sure caused his father, like, all kinds of grief, and there was probably cussing and shit thrown across the house. (laughs) So here's where the streams cross for the first time. When Platt was accepted into airborne jump school after basic... He was then assigned to the military police unit at Fort Campbell, where he would have served under Bill Maddox. Platt would also meet his first wife, Regina Lylan, while, uh, while they were, while he was at uh, Fort Campbell, and the pair got married on Halloween of 1975. Cool. Good fucking choice. <laughs> That's cool. I wanted to get married on Halloween, but we had to do it earlier because we have shit to do around Halloween. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> In 1977, Platt was stationed in Korea at Camp Kitty Hawk, which is three miles south of the 38th Parallel. For anyone not real familiar with what that would mean, the 38th Parallel is the border between North and South Korea, which is still pretty fucking hot now. Mm-hmm. So I could imagine 20 plus years, you know, 30 plus years ago, that close to the end of the... Korean War, yeah. it was probably still pretty fucking toasty over there.
1: Well, I bet you it was quite toasty yeah. over there. I mean, I bet you was shit still, you know, worse yeah. going
0: down. So, Platt would return to the States in 1978. He and Regina would move into a house in Monterey, California. After they moved in, uh, the couple's, uh, couple's son was born. Um, that was one of the redacted things is the kid's name is not in there. For whatever reason, in that FOIA document, Bill Maddox's daughter's name is mentioned. When you get to Platt, his son's name isn't.
1: Is it a possibility? I wonder. I wonder if it was- Almost
0: makes you wonder if maybe he was like, after he grew up and found out all the shit that his dad did, was like, fuck this, I'm going into law enforcement.
1: You know what I mean? Could be. Or he gave some information. Could be. About his, you know, I I don't know. So, in
0: 1979, the family packs up, and they move back to Regina's hometown of Miami, Florida. When they arrived in Miami, he began working for his father-in-law, but in 1982, he just kind of up and quit out of nowhere and started his own uh, property maintenance company called okay. Blade Cutters. I also, I also saw it referred to as Yankee Clippers. So... One of those things. I either. Saw,
1: I like to name. Yeah, I, I mean
0: Yankee, you know, Yankee Clippers would have been named after a, a ship. Um,
1: I, I like I like to name either way.
0: But yeah, I mean you're you're doing fucking yard work. What a great goddamn name. I, both of them. <laughs> I mean,
1: you know, blade cutters, Yankee Clipper. I mean, that's that's awesome.
0: So he he actually started this business with his brother. Uh, I believe his brother's name was Tim, and uh, his wife would go and work for him as well as the bookkeeper for the business. So when Maddox moved to. Miami in 1984 he was probably looking for a fresh start you know after his wife was killed his father recently passed away and all this shit so he ends up hooking up with his old buddy Platt and starts working for him and eventually buying into the company as a co-owner so he he you know he saw you know we can do good business here I want to buy in and I want to be a main part of it yep so, Platt and Maddox worked really, really closely together. You know, cutting grass, trimming shrubs. Um, down in Miami, they may have even been trimming like the uh, uh, palm trees on people's sidewalks and shit like that. Which, if you've ever, if you've ever seen people do that, that's really fucking cool.
1: No, I never have. Yeah, to be honest. They
0: uh, they go up and like. Uh,
1: I didn't know trimming palm trees was actually a thing. Yeah, you
0: had to go up and like trim some of the branches off because if they fall, they're super fucking heavy. Apparently, they don't look it, but I guess they're heavy enough that they could hurt people. Oh wow. And they uh they like trim off parts of like the tree itself where you get like the like those big scales that come off. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Huh. Um
1: The more you know. Right.
0: <laughs> so they, they quickly reignited any kind of friendship that they would have had, reminiscent about times in the army, you know, this, that, the other. Of course, of course. On December twenty first, nineteen eighty four, Regina Platt would be found dead of a single shotgun wound to the head. It was ruled a suicide, but there was a lot of speculation that maybe her husband killed her because he had been screwing around behind her back with a woman that worked at a local restaurant for two, three years at this point in time. So some of the speculation is that Regina found out and killed herself out of grief. But then again, would you really put it past somebody to go... Oh shit! She found out. I've got to get rid of her before she can divorce me and take all my money.
1: I I don't know.
0: Yeah. So they they never they ended up ruling it a suicide, but I don't think I think some of the investigators may have been a little on the fence about calling it a suicide. I mean, like maybe it was assisted. You know, maybe she had some help, but.
1: Not enough evidence.
0: Right. But it was after this point in time that there's stories going around. <laughs> this is where shit gets fucking wild. Of Maddox and Platt driving around Miami in a white van robbing drug dealers at gunpoint for their money. They didn't want the fucking drugs. They wanted the money. <laughs> okay. So let's put pos- to. I, I, I had to go through and do some like statistical work because we had to put some shit into perspe- uh, perspective here. Uh, Miami in the eighties obviously was not a super safe place to live. Um, just between (laughs) like, if you've ever watched any shit from like of the eighties of like what happened in Miami, it was a fucking war zone.
1: Supposedly.
0: So, okay. So just to put it into perspective between 1984 where, uh, William Maddox would have moved there. To 1986, when all this shit actually ended, there were 3,931 murders.
1: A lot in lot a
0: two-year period.
1: So a lot of uh, drug drugs right. stuff going on because you had yeah because a lot of uh, Cubans and, whatever, and Colombians uh, <laughs> Colombians whatever okay going
0: in. and just to put like a like a wider picture on this between 1980 and 1989, there were 13,640 murders in the city of Miami, like Miami Dade County. Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot of fucking dead bodies. It got so bad that in the mid eighties, the city of Miami actually had to rent out refrigerated trucks from ice companies to keep these bodies fresh so that the morgue would actually have time to do their autopsies and stuff on them. Wow. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's kind of like, you, you watch Dexter mm-hmm. with the ice truck killer. It's like, wait a minute. So there were actually ice trucks driving around Miami with dead bodies in them. Huh.
1: Or kind of like what's happening in New York right now. Yeah, but <laughs> New but New York, York is because
0: of a virus. It's not because of fucking cocaine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> cocaine, virus.
1: Eh.
0: So also in the mid-80s, there was somewhere around $2 billion a year worth of cocaine being shipped into the ports of Miami from Columbia. The city was the murder and drug capital of the country, almost the world... <laughs> And a lot of that had to do with a woman that I really want to cover at some point in time, La Madrina, the godmother, Griselda Blanco, who, by the way, died in, like, 2012 at the age of 69 because she got fucking shot to death outside of her apartment. (laughs) That's some shit. It's like, this shit had been over for a while, and somebody's like, oh, no, 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 bitch. (laughs) I'm going to get you.
1: Well, I mean. It may not oh, get it, over for her.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't also wasn't like a random crime where somebody would just like held up some helpless old lady and just shot her. No, this was a targeted assassination. Oh, yeah, that's fucking crazy. You assassinated a seventy-year-old woman. Whatever. <laughs> she done did you dirty. So now that we've now that we've got some background on these oh, shit. Shot me. <laughs> <laughs> Dios mío. <de.
1: laughs>
0: oh, oh no, no. No, no, Superman no here. <laughs> just picture is it. a fucking old, the the uh maid from uh Family Guy. Consuela.
1: No, it be she'd be like, no, she's hard ass. So she's so she's basically be like you wanna shoot me ese? Come on!
0: Bring it She's not Mexican though. Dude, this bitch probably had a switchblade in her purse though.
1: Whatever. <laughs> You know, she got
0: a fucking Saturday night special in her pocketbook. She's like, pew, 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 Oh, she
1: probably, <laughs> she probably got off. 38. She probably got off a couple rounds. She's like, you're not going to take me alive. Bow, bow, bow. She can also
0: be connected to like 200 drug-related murders. So. She didn't kill them. She had them killed. Not all of them.
1: Uh-huh. Sure. Grandma
0: got fucking wet at one point in time. Like, she killed well, some people. Grandma
1: wasn't grandma all the time. Hell. <laughs> First off, a I don't blame them for fucking stealing money. For, I mean, that's that's
0: that's okay. You know, you're stealing- Yeah, fucking rob your local drug dealer. Who gives just, a shit? Yeah, I mean, it's not like you're robbing real people. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so now that we have some backgrounds on these shitheads and the shithead city that they worked in, we're gonna get into their first crime that they committed together. Okay, and this shit's just weird.
1: Okay, okay? well, besides the the mur- the the. the Robbing,
0: yeah, because there's no, that's not really even confirmed. That's more like, hey, we saw some dudes that match these guys' descriptions.
1: Because I mean, technically, I wouldn't really call that a,
0: a crime. How many fucking drug dealers are gonna go to the cops and be like, hey, these two white dudes in a white van rolled up and stole my money? Well, what were you doing with that kind of
1: money? I sell fucking drugs. Listen, I was trying to sell a pound of crack, you know, or, or a pound of weed and and. and I don't know, whatever, something for crack, something for this, you know. I don't know. I don't know what the, the, the denominations of those are. <laughs> i be like, listen, I got like six, eight balls on
0: me, but you can't do shit because I'm here to report a crime not to be arrested. <laughs>
1: <laughs> listen, they stole my money. Damn it.
0: They left my drugs, but they took my money, and that's the part that makes me really angry is because I've got all these drugs, but i got no fucking money now. I can't make change. Exactly. What the fuck am I going to do? They even took my fucking belt clip thing with all my change in it. Like the f- 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 my f- fucking thing. fanny pack. No, you song. know what I mean. You know what I mean? I know. Those fucking things like the dudes yeah, in the arcades they, used to wear.
1: But they have the fanny pack. Yeah. You
0: know, it was a fucking 80s, dude. Everybody had fanny packs. Yeah, well, so,
1: yeah, some people. <sighs> okay, I had, I had a fanny pack. Okay, fine. For a little bit. Then it broke. I had Not a fanny man. pack, but I was you know, like a 90s kid. You were essentially 90s, yes. Yeah. I was uh,
0: born in the 80s.
1: Yeah, but you don't really remember anything of it. No.
0: So their first attempt at – their first, well, their first confirmed attempt at crime uh-huh. was in 1985 when Platt and Maddox were running a vending machine company. And they placed a uh, a mail order for 10 machines from a, a Nebraska-based vending machine uh-huh. owner yep. uh, by the name of Earl uh, Burnett. Earl
1: Baskins, <laughs> that bitch Earl Baskins. <laughs>
0: um, but uh, so this this total came uh, came out to about ten thousand dollars. That's a thousand bucks a machine. I can tell you, vending machines are pretty fucking expensive. They are to buy the machines themselves. Yep. At least now they are. So a weird detail that they threw in when they talked to the student over the phone was they said, "Hey, listen, we want to buy these machines. We got this money." You need to know that we're connected to the quote local boys, and Burnett probably had the same <laughs> same thought that uh, that I did, where I just went, "Who gives a fuck?" I'm selling the vending machines, not you know a thousand pounds of coke, you idiot. So he's like, "Okay, whatever," <laughs> and fucking finishes up the phone call and sends down the machines. So when they <laughs> when they receive the machines, they come in like uh, like crates, kind of. To protect them. Uh So they're opening up these crates and the cardboard and all that shit. And the machines are all banged up and scuffed and like, they look like hell. So they send them them back and tell this dude, hey, we want our $10,000 back. And Burnett's kind of like, eh, sorry, no refunds. So, (laughs) so in June of 1985, one morning, it wasn't real specific. Burnett's leaving his house around 7.30 in the morning. Platt and Maddox walk around the outside of his car and just fucking meet him there. These motherfuckers drove to Nebraska. And were like, hey, bitch, how about our money?
1: <laughs> That's probably... That's a long fucking haul. Yeah, from there...
0: From So basically, they drove to Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh,
1: yeah. From Miami. I know where Lincoln, Nebraska Hold is. Hold on, just for shits and kicks here. It's probably... Uh... I'm going to guess at least a 24-hour.
0: Okay, so it's a 24-hour drive for a total of 1,656 miles. I said 24 hours. That's one way. (laughs) That's
1: what I said. I said 24-hour.
0: So so these motherfuckers just show up. They show up at his fucking house, and they're just like, where's our fucking 10 grand, bud? We sent the machines back. Where's our shit? Yep. So they kind of pulled this, like, Good cop, bad cop thing where Maddox is like, Hey, you know, we we didn't like how the conversation went. We figured if we came here and talked to you in person, maybe we could work something out, maybe we could get our money back, yada yada yada. And Platt just like straight up's like, uh, no, we're both fucking armed. We will kill you if you don't have give us our money. And (laughs) so Burnett is like, Hey, okay, fine. The bank opens in a couple hours. I'll get your money. Why don't you go? There's a restaurant down the street called Culls. Why don't you go there? Have some breakfast. I'll meet you there with the money. Uh-huh. Yeah. What he didn't tell him is that this was the regular kind of hangout spot for a lot of the local cops. Okay. <laughs> so being a local, he would have known that. And these guys wouldn't have had a fucking clue. So I, <laughs> I like to imagine these guys are just sitting there drinking their coffee and fucking pancakes, you know. And Burnett rolls into the parking lot and he sees a cop walking across to go into the building. And he just fucking gets out of his car and bolts towards this cop. And he's like, hey, hey, hey. And he's pointing at him through the window and he's like, these guys tried to kidnap me. They threatened to kill me. This, that, the other, blah, blah, blah. So the cop goes in and is like, hey, let's come outside. We need to talk. And they explain to him, we didn't threaten to kill him. We didn't try to kidnap him. We drove up here from Miami because we bought some vending machines from him. When we received them, they were damaged. We came up here to try to work out, uh-huh. uh, you know, our refund because we did we. I, the way they put it was that they didn't think that he wanted to send them back the ten thousand dollars through the mail because that's a lot of money in the mail. Yeah. So they figured they would go up and try to get the refund in person instead of losing it. So the cops like, yeah, but he also said you were going to kill him, and Platts like. Search the car. Go for it. So the cop searches the car, searches both of them, doesn't find a fucking gun anywhere. So they let him go. And from there, Platt and Maddox go to a local attorney's office and hire him so that they could sue Burnett for slander and defamation. Okay. (laughs) So obviously this this case never actually made it to court. They didn't even sue this fucking guy to be like, hey, we want our $10,000 back. They're like, we're suing him because he said mean things about us. Okay. You know, so you're kind of like, how do you go from that to robbing banks and armored cars to getting into a fucking super intense shootout with the FBI? That's like, there's no escalation. It's just like, bam, and the shit's happening already. I I don't know. I mean, so, like I said, that's where we're going to end for this week. Okay. We're going to come back next week. We're going to talk about a series of armed uh, armed bank robberies, armored car robberies, a fucking murder, and then a shootout with the FBI. So, next week's going to be really, really fucking intense. <laughs> and it's going to be a little bit longer than this one, too. But Okay. Again, just wanted to get the background out there first, like we yeah. did with uh, yeah, 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 with North Hollywood. So you know, background get... always a good yeah. thing to have, especially because like a lot of the stuff that I watched on YouTube, they would they talk about this, but you don't get any of the background for this, that, the other. Um, when they talk about the shootout, they call the, they refer to them as suspect A, suspect B, just like fucking North Hollywood, you know. So.
1: Yeah, just wanted to... Well, if you say suspect A, suspect B, you, you don't put names to, that. you know, give them legitimacy to, you know, or anything. Yeah, but, but I, I, hype.
0: We, we kind of started this episode off by saying, fuck both these guys.
1: So, fuck both these guys. Well, as of right now, I'm not saying fuck either one, because right now, I'm kind of going, okay, they're they're pretty good fucking guys. I can I can get down with them. They're not great criminals, but they, you I know, mean, seem they, like they, they, they might be decent guys. I mean, they haven't... Cr- <laughs> to my knowledge so far they have not committed a crime at all there's yeah. a possibility that one did kill his wife but that's not proven right um speculation station on that yeah i mean they did you know possibly threaten a guy well because the motherfucker you know sent him he you know, he fucked him fucked him over he deserved to get threatened yeah i mean whatever so it is what it is uh, so they they rob some some you know
0: i robbed some drug dealers drug dealers whatever so so far by far so far these guys are the least shittiest people that we've covered for a true crime true <laughs> up up to this point that's yes. all gonna change in seven days i can promise you
1: yes yes it definitely is <laughs> but they they are by far the least shittiest to start off with. Because they haven't... Uh, I... I, I,
0: Cause I mean, Okay, let's recap here a little bit. Top five shittiest people we've ever talked about on this show.
1: Oh, Jesus. Okay.
0: I'm going to go with Edward Paisnell first. He didn't kill anybody, but he was a fucking disgusting, scum, piece of shit human being that sexually assaulted a lot of kids. So... He should not have died a free man, which he did, which also makes me angry. Then we'd go to Israel Keys from there. Then we'd go to Larry Phillips, who was a giant piece of shit. Emil Matasaranu, who was still also a piece of shit. And then number five is kinda eh, maybe her Baumeister. He was a fucking weirdo, though. More a weirdo than a piece of shit.
1: He was still a piece of shit.
0: Yeah, but he was like. No, Um, no. Okay, listen, on on a scale where you've got giant fucking weirdo and then piece of shit on the other end, he was definitely closer to giant fucking weirdo. Yeah,
1: but he was a giant weirdo piece of shit because he did kill people.
0: Right, but he was definitely closer to that giant fucking weirdo thing, like talking to mannequins and stuff. True. Giant fucking weirdo. True. But I mean... (sighs) Yeah. And honestly, the most justifiable criminal we've talked about on here so far... Has been, uh, uh fuck, Felipe Espinoza. Oh, Felipe, because that was I just fucking that. vengeance for his fallen family. Yeah, I can kind of, I can kind of appreciate that because, <laughs> you know, true. But anyway, I
1: mean, yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, so far, uh, these guys
0: are the least worst people that we've talked about.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely have to say, it's between. For me, it's definitely between the Russian and well, the Russian. Yeah. Uh, what's this fuck? Uh, oh
0: yeah, oh, Anatoly. Yeah, Anatoly. He, yeah, he sh- he should be on the top five list. Then. Yeah, Anatoly cause... is definitely there because he would have been like giant weirdo, piece of shit. He he surpasses piece of shit and hits like raving fucking Ultra. drooling psychopath like ten yards
1: down. Yes, he he's definitely in that list. <laughs> Israel Keys, I'm sorry, but he's he's still, he, he's still there. Oh uh, yeah, like I said. And then anybody that f- does fucking things to kids, that they just they just go right to the poof. yeah. They probably surpass Israel Keys. Yeah,
0: that's why I put him at number one. <laughs> uh, you know, over a dude that killed fucking fifty some odd people in the Russian winter.
1: I mean, yeah, Israel. I mean, Baumeister is definitely on that list.
0: Yeah. You know, again, I, mostly because he's a fucking weird dude. He Strange is. duck,
1: but come on, pump the brakes. He did fucking kill people, right? You
0: know, but this is also the same dude that was like giving his teachers dead birds as gifts because he was a fucking weirdo.
1: <laughs> True. Oh, I thought they were pretty. Yeah,
0: it was squishy. I wanted to pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, but so anyway, for next week we will
1: come back and finish this one up. I still uh, want to know. I'm still trying to curious about why the daughter. Versus the son. Yeah,
0: that didn't make any sense. I am
1: I really don't understand that still. I mean, unless the one is because she was so young that she couldn't really do anything, so it didn't really make a difference, or she wasn't actually living with him at the time. Well, I mean, if you think about it, at the time that their
0: confrontation with the FBI started, like, when that happened, uh, Platt's son would have only been, like, eight years old.
1: Yeah? How old would... uh?
0: She would have been, like, six, I want to say.
1: Yeah, but was she living with them? With yeah, him? yeah, they, I mean, they,
0: they both lived with their fathers, as far as I know.
1: Hmm.
0: So why would one be redacted and one not?
1: Huh. I don't know. Doesn't make a lot of sense Maybe Maybe there's something that, you know, we don't know.
0: I don't know. Like I said, and the only thing I could think of is that maybe his son went on, at some point in time, to be involved with law enforcement of some sort, okay. and they and they didn't want his... They redacted his name from it then. Could be. That's the only real thing I can think of.
1: Huh. Yeah. Um,
0: Anybody that's familiar with redacting documents, please help us. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty good at it. Give me a fucking Sharpie, and I can cross anything out.
1: I'll I'll cross out like a motherfucker.
0: I should work for the FBI, just like in a room full of fucking black (laughs) markers. (laughs) I'm doing good. That said, the... You Not crossed out fucking anymore, it doesn't you crossed out the word the
1: Yeah. It was you know, negative shit.
0: And then, you know, my last day there, like once I got fed up working for the federal government, i switched switch all them black sharpies out. With yellow sharpies. I like the shit out of it and be like, oh. here. UFO stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Bigfoot? Oh, yeah. Ghosts? Yeah, fucking A. Look, and then I'd just like start taking pictures of it. And before I quote unquote killed myself, I'd put it all up on the internets.
1: <laughs> before you quote unquote?
0: Yeah, because you can't release that shit and live. You know yeah. that they'd send somebody to you would get fucking black bagged and then beaten to death in a van somewhere. Or you could
1: fake your death.
0: I've always wanted to do that. I just don't know how to do it right. <laughs> because I feel like I'd be like I'm going to fake my own death and then I'd fuck up and actually kill myself
1: <laughs> you would fuck it up
0: like go to throw a dummy off a cliff be like oh they're going to think that's me and I'd like you know a rock would go out from underneath no, no, me and I'd that's... fucking fall down there too be like oh this motherfucker had a twin <laughs> you, you'd be <laughs> like you're like, oh shit that's not right fuck oh, now I'm going to get out and get him yeah and I'd fall off a goddamn cliff <laughs> yeah <laughs> Or, or get hit by a car on my way down there. Or yeah. you're
1: supposed to, you know, you're supposed to go off a cliff in the fucking car or whatever. You know, sp- something was supposed to happen where you're supposed to jump out. You fucking got text message. You were texting or you were, something was up. you were like, oh hey, look, trying to you know
0: change my radio station. <laughs> bam! Right inside <laughs> the truck. Yep. Yeah, that's that's my
1: luck. But yeah. anyway, so anywho. you know what to do. Go, see, uh, go over to Studio, go check them out, and pick out your headphones, earbuds, or speaker, and put the promo code of DarkWindows15 in, get 15% off tire purchase. Or, if you happen to forget any of that stuff, you can hit us up on... DarkWindowsPod.com We've uh-huh. got links for everything there, including
0: going to Studio. We've got links to our Patreon. We've got links to our... Threadless. We've got links to all our social media bullshits. Yep. But that's just for the show stuff. But if you're ever on Facebook and you're trying to find us, my name's Kevin Carlton. I'm Kevin Heyer. Yeah. I'm on the Facebook page, like, all the goddamn time. I don't even use my own Facebook page. I go to that one. I pretty much do so. that. So.
1: I mean, anyway. I, don't, well, I don't really post much of any. you know, much of anything, but.
0: You were talking about Wendy's breakfast this morning, and it made me I angry because I was. missed it. Uh, hey, sorry, man. I'm telling you, man. Breakfast Baconator next time. You will not regret it. Man. Because it's uh, not a hamburger. It's a sausage patty.
1: Honey butter. Oh, the, fuck. The honey butter biscuit chicken. Oh.
0: Yeah. Oof.
1: Yeah. They got
0: good. one with fucking hollandaise sauce on it. I remember what it was. But even the fries are, the, are good.
1: Uh, there's
0: home fries. I mean, they're, but they're home fries. Good. They're just potato wedges. But they're so. good. They're better than KFCs. Which, KFC doesn't even have fucking tater wedges anymore. You know that? No. They have fries now.
1: I haven't been in KFC in fucking a while. Fucking dicks. Yeah. Has to be damn near 10 years,
0: maybe? Yeah. I went to the one in New Hampshire because I was over there for shit. For shit? Yeah. Uh, went over to get at my toolbox. And they've got f- just regular fucking french fries now. And it's like, uh, they're seasoned, but they're good. But Anyway. With that said. Yeah, we're talking done talking about French fries. <laughs> so, we will be back next week to finish this up, yes. and then we will figure something else out to throw at you people later on. Until then, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you.
1: A V Wiedersehen. Goodbye.